Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're here with Andrea Colabella, executive recruiter and principal for the Cardea Group, a boutique recruitment agency specialized in the alternative asset management space. Andrea began her career recruiting in 2005 and started the Cardea Group in 2009. Over the past 13 years, the Cardea Group has elevated the standard of excellence in the recruiting field. Andrea, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to meet you. Well, thanks for coming on. Great to meet you as well. So I mentioned that you started recruiting in 2005, but I'd really love to learn more about your career path. What led you to becoming the executive recruiter and principal for the Cardea Group? And really what led you into a career in recruiting? So if you wouldn't mind, just walk us through that. Sure. So I actually have my undergraduate and master's degree in mathematical sciences and began my career as an assistant trader and was not one to pursue a job in trading. They actually found me on monster.com. I'm dating myself here, but found it, um, found out that I was not very successful at it and it was not my passion or calling, but a lot of my friends from uh, Johns Hopkins, that's where I went to school, were really envious of this cool job I had as a trader. And when I left trading. I lost my job. I was not very good at it. Like I had mentioned, I was trying to figure out what I was passionate about and recalled all these people being envious of this glorious job I had as an assistant trader and found recruiting and thought, well, if I don't know what I want to do, but other people do. Like my friends knew that they wanted to be traders. I was like, maybe I can help people find what they want to do. And as it turns out, this was the biggest blessing because at first it started the sky was the limit. That's how they pitched it. It was a great job for someone that was competitive. That was a people person. And I love the idea of helping people find their passion. So I tried it out. And it was, again, one of my greatest blessings because I love what I do. I've been doing it for 17 years. So that's how I got into recruiting. It was happenstance, which I believe is true of almost any headhunter out there. I really love how more and more people refer to these human resources roles as people operations. And it speaks so truly to what it is at its core, right? It's people operations. You're working with people. You have a passion for people and and finding that career and finding that passion is so great. And looks like it's created such a great career for you. So tell me a bit more about the Cardea Group then and what you focus on as the principal and executive recruiter on a day-to-day. Sure. So Cardea Group focuses from an industry perspective in helping hedge funds, private equity firms, venture capital funds, family offices, and traditional asset managers, as well as crypto funds in finding talent for their back office operations. So that's everything from legal, compliance, accounting, operations, human resources, investor relations, and risk professionals. We do everything from staff level, but predominantly we're on the C-suite or senior level executives within those entities. And we are focused in the U.S. Most of our clients are here in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, but we've helped fill and currently have several mandates across the United States. Got it. And have you seen a similar influx or similar change in pacing over the last two years, just like so many other industries due to the great resignation now part of the great reshuffle? 
Yes, very much so. You know, the beginning of 2020, as for everybody, was a bit surprising. Our business came to a standstill in a lot of regards. Most of our jobs were put on hold because everybody was going to quarantine for two weeks and the pandemic was going to be over. (laughs) And then that did not happen. So uh, a lot of the hiring that we had been doing in February of 2020 was stalled until April, which was pushed to June, which was pushed to September. And then the firms that we work with within the investment management space had some of the best returns from a profitability standpoint that they had all this pent up demand for talent that they didn't address from early 2020, plus all of these great returns from an investment standpoint that 2021 was a giant boom of hiring for us in the investment management space. Wow. Very exciting. And speaking of just that boom in the hiring space, we're coming right out of the latest wave of graduation for college students who are now looking to enter the workforce. What's something that's unique about them that really sets them apart from a talent standpoint from the previous classes, from the previous groups that have entered the workforce over the last few years? Sure. I think a couple of things that distinguish them are they've had a very different set of circumstances in terms of summer internships. So if you think about a traditional college grad, when you or I graduated from school several years ago, typically during the summers, you did some sort of corporate internship to try and flesh out your passions and what you're interested in and what industries you wanted to align yourself with. A lot of these individuals for health reasons, for personal reasons, may not have been able to sit in a traditional corporate internship seat. So I think they're coming to the table with a really unique set of circumstances in terms of perhaps not having as many opportunities as you and I may have had. They've also had a very unique set of circumstances in terms of remote learning, remote working for some of those internships. And last but not least, they're entering a market that is one of the best markets I've ever worked in. Uh, from a recruitment standpoint. So those aren't all bad things. Some of those things are are unique and tremendous. Some of them are unique and just different. Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% an exciting time and a really interesting time to see this latest group enter who have been through so much change over the last two years, many of whom haven't had the office experience period. Uh, As you mentioned, their internship experience that they may have gone through over the last few years where they may have gained experience in an actual physical office, has all been done remotely. Uh, They've really been learning how to be professionals, while so many of us who are professionals are learning how to work remotely and keep working. They're really coming to this with a unique set of skills, certainly an adaptability, a flexibility that maybe for some of us who are longer set in the old way of doing work, that's something that's just second nature to this newest group. Absolutely. It's a phenomenal attribute that they get to bring to the table and probably help educate people like ourselves that are a bit more senior in the workforce because they've existed in a totally different world from a you know, college experience perspective and, a, like you said, an introduction to the workforce experience. Yeah, totally. Are you seeing, though, that there may be a separate or a different set of expectations from this newest group? I'm thinking just, again, with the comfort and kind of second nature of flexibility with so many of this newest group of talent entering the workforce that expect flexibility out of a job, out of their new career. Is that changing their expectations? And are there other expectations that this latest batch of talent have that maybe we haven't seen from past batches, whether it's salary, flexibility, you name it. What are we seeing that's different there? I think there's always going to be some line of commonality between what candidates, especially new college graduates, are looking for in terms of 
opportunities, what we've seen, not just specifically to 2022 undergraduates, but recent college grads are, yes, there's a, a heightened sense of flexibility, the ability to work from home, wellness programs. And beyond that, I think they're looking for a lot more from a culture perspective from the entities that they align themselves with for their careers. So whether that's, do these firms have values that I value? Do they have DEI initiatives? Do they Are they investing in sustainability? Are they, is their mission something that I believe in? I think they're a lot more mission focused than past college graduates that I've seen. And it's making it an interesting market for companies to hire in because they just have a new lens on, on what they value and what they're putting importance on when they're assessing opportunities. Yeah, it's been really interesting for me to see the shift from when I entered the job market many years ago, you were looking at, okay, the company that I'm starting with, what's the long-term plan? Where could I go? Maybe not the first step, but maybe two, three steps down the road. And is, is that attainable? And sure, salary is always something everyone's looking at, but you were looking at it from a different perspective. Now you're right. There, there's this other set of values that you're looking at within a company and looking at more just the position, the actual first position as the position, not the second and third down the line. And there seems to be a bit more immediacy in, in the roles that are being taken too. Agreed. I, I believe that that remains true. I, some folks will always have that long-term vision as well, but I, I believe that there is a little bit more, I want to understand and, and believe in what you're doing today and a lot of confidence that they'll figure out their next steps from a career progression standpoint uh, if they align themselves with the right organizations. Yeah, I like that you mentioned wellness as well. I think that's something that was kind of taken for granted in past talent waves where, okay, there's a wellness program. That's great. Hey, there's a gym on campus. Fantastic. But now it's expected to be part of the benefits package across the board, right? And it's not just the physical wellness. It's the mental wellness component of it too. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest shifts we're seeing from companies as well is exactly that. We used to see free gym memberships or reimbursement for going to the gym, maybe $200 towards gym equipment. And it was very physical focused. And there's a huge initiative to have more uh, mental health awareness, mental health days, uh, mental health programs available to employees now. Well, and think about the time too, when the office space mattered so much more too. Hey, did you have a great break room? Did you have pool tables, foosball tables in the workspace? Maybe that was defined as the fun workspace. Now so many workplaces are defined as flexible. Workforces are defined as flexible where the workplace, the actual physical workspace has a little less cachet to it than maybe it did in past years where you need to look at other factors to really stand apart and be unique. Absolutely. I'll never forget one client we had used to have beer on tap all day, every day. And wow. I pitching that to my candidates, being like, this firm not only has a fully stocked kitchen and avocados for life, but they also have beer on tap. And Free beer, how great is that? <laughs> now people are like, that's lovely. I don't want to be in the office, Andrea, so find me another job, thanks. Right, I'm working from home. I have beer in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what is one thing that hiring teams can do now to set themselves apart if they don't have some of the office features to lean on to attract talent? What are some of the things hiring teams can do to set themselves apart from the competition and land those new recruits in this challenging market? I have a host of ideas here. Let's do it. Let's dig in. So 
I think highlighting and supporting what the work culture is like, even if you are working from home, work culture really matters to these fresh college graduates and probably staff of all levels, to be honest. So being able to support that through examples in the interviewing process by telling them about the committees that they form, by the initiatives that they may have in place, whether that's, again, ESG, DEI, wellness, offering examples of work-life balance, the flexibility to work from home, that's so important. The tone from the top and demonstrating stories of how the tone from top has infiltrated the culture of the firm. Stories resonate with people, and I think that's a great way to distinguish yourself as an organization and attract some of this talent that's very hard to attract right now in such a candidate-driven market. Beyond that, I think being transparent about career development and what opportunities exist and without overselling, you never want to overpromise, underdeliver, but being forthright about that. People love transparency and that comes from, again, career development, but even something as simple as being transparent about the interviewing process. Right. I coach clients through telling your candidates what the process is going to be like, what's the timeline going to be like. That transparency matters to these people because it is a reflection of what management is like throughout the business. Typically, I I encourage my clients that the way you manage the interviewing process is the way candidates perceive you to manage, period. So something as simple as that can be a really way to distinguish yourself in in the recruitment world from a, a hiring perspective. Totally. That's first impression is lasting impression. It, it applies there as well. Absolutely. All right. So again, some great ways to look at just what we can do differently to set ourselves apart because it's a different time. We have to get creative and think about new ways to really stand out from the crowd, stand out from the competition. But in this era, and we touched on this a little while ago, we're looking at it now as more the great reshuffle. We've heard the great resignation. We've heard the great realization, the great reshuffle. But with either one, it really looks at people leaving current careers and looking for new opportunities. So is the idea of the long-term career, has that gone by the wayside? Is it changing? Do we see that talent really stays in sticks like it used to? Or is it really now become more of a nomadic world now with workers? I don't believe it's gone by the wayside. I think a lot of that depends on the firms and again, the opportunities and culture that they create for their people. I could give you a plethora of examples of individuals who have stayed with their company since they graduated three years ago, five years ago, two years ago. I don't think every candidate or every Gen Zer out there is looking for the next best thing. I don't want them to get a bad rap as always thinking that the grass is greener because there are people that really take vested interest in their careers. And if they align themselves with the right managers and the right people and company culture that fosters their professional development, they'll stay. It's We've seen it time and time again. So I'm sure there will always be the people that are are hopping or just get loose interest in whatever they may be doing, but I don't think that the long-term employees are, are going anywhere anytime soon. Well, and that speaks to leadership too, right? I mean, that's one of the, the great pieces of advice that I've heard, especially since being in this role, is that people don't leave organizations, they leave their leaders, Yes. right? So I think when, when you've got great leaders, when you've got great leadership teams, that really is going to help with retention. That's going to help make people want to stay and want to be a part of what you're building. So, so much goes into that. And as you mentioned too, Annie, I mean, culture is so predominant now and just such a big role in retention that needs to be focused on. And when you've got the right culture, yeah, you can keep great talent. 
Absolutely. Without question. So with all that's changed over the last two plus years, we had talked about, okay, what has kind of gone by the wayside and become old hat, if you will. But are there any elements of recruiting that have really become outdated and are no longer relevant? Let's see. I'm not sure if they even are still around, but cover letters are definitely a way of the past. I love this. Okay. I don't see them anymore. Maybe they maybe they've been gone for a while, but when a candidate says being cover letters, no thanks. Lovely. Great job. I'm not reading that. Um, but what else? I would say requiring in-person interviews initially. I'm sure there will always be in-person interviews specifically for someone that's local, but my goodness, if you asked me three years ago if people could do Zoom interviews for initial interviews almost 98% of the time, I'd say no way. So I think that initial in-person interviews is a way of the past because firms can hire faster. They can get more talent in the door initially. They can get the initial stages of their process kicked off in such a short amount of time with these video or phone call interviews. So I think in-person initial interviews are, are perhaps a way of the past, but nothing will be gone forever. There will always be that one company that wants to meet you in person. Of course, and that's part of their identity, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, and that's that will be what sets them apart. But oh, that's so great. Yeah. That's great intel, Annie. And it all makes us more efficient, right? Whether it's the cover letter, which I was, I'm so glad you brought that up because, again, that's so still heavily debated of. Is the cover letter still needed? But it's all about efficiency with both the cover letter and the resume to interviewing in person where you could do things so much more quickly now to really get to the heart of who the candidate is and if they're the right fit for your company to cut through some of the extra steps in the process seems like just the better path to go. Absolutely. And now a word from our sponsor. Choosing the perfect swag to order for your company can be a stressful process, especially when trying to find items that people actually want to keep. And that's why I'm thrilled to tell you about Swag.com. Swag.com makes picking out corporate gifts simple and fun. The folks at Swag.com recently sent me one of their custom swag boxes, and from the sleek packaging to the top quality products inside, it was a great experience and one you don't want to miss creating for your team. Swag.com makes it their business to offer a wide range of products so there's something for everyone. They carry premium brands like the North Face, Camelback, Ray-Ban, and many more, and they're all customizable with your company's logo and artwork. You can even create custom swag boxes of great branded items, all delivered in a unique box designed for your company. What a great way to let your team know that you appreciate all their hard work. And with Swag.com, you can easily set up a corporate gifting program for your team with no platform fees. Their team of expert curators are standing by to help you design your perfect gifts for your team. So go to Swag.com today for the perfect swag and custom gifts for your company. Right now, I have a special offer to help you get started. 10% off your order, but only when you go to Swag.com slash HRWorks and enter promo code HRWorks10. Remember, that's 10% off. Go to Swag.com slash HRWorks and enter promo code HRWorks, the number 10. And now, back to our episode. So what are you excited about right now in recruiting? We've talked about really what's maybe become dated. What's coming up? What are you excited about? What are some trends that you see coming? So I'm excited because of Zoom interviews. There's a higher volume of work for us to do. So I'm just generally motivated by volume of work and opportunity to work with more firms across the country and have that access to a whole host of candidates that I used to need to meet in person. 
So that's personally what I'm excited about. Other things that I think are so interesting, artificial intelligence is so cool. The predictive indicators that LinkedIn has, as well as many other platforms, I'm sure, to tell you that, hey, Josh is been with his firm for six years now, his birthday's around the corner, he's 40% more likely to start looking for a job in the next month because of these predictive indicators. That is so interesting to me. I'm a math major, math nerd, like I mentioned earlier. I love things like that, that are just using data to help me and do my job better by understanding somebody's psychology. I think that's so cool. And then there's also social media recruitment and the efforts that are being made there. I'm not out there on Instagram or TikTok recruiting folks, but I won't be surprised if I will be. I'm, I'm currently using a new video platform and these are just new interesting ways to spice up the recruiting market that I think are really interesting and it'll be mind blowing to see what it's like in five years from now. Yeah, you, you find ways to meet talent where they are. Yeah. I think that's, that's the name of the game, that's great. Really exciting stuff, Annie. So thank you for sharing that. So again, we're here with Annie Colabella, executive recruiter and principal of the Cardea Group. So Annie, you've shared some great insight with us about recruiting the new generation that's coming in and just so many of the changes that are taking place within the recruiting space. But now I want to turn to you specifically and learn what have you learned that's made you a greater leader with so much that's changed in the world over the last two years? Okay, so probably embarrassing to admit, but I've learned that I can be patient and successful. I did not think that those two things could go hand in hand in my business, which is predominantly a sales business, right? I'm in recruiting. I am paid by the people that I'm able to help find. And so patience is not my strong suit at all. And the beginning of the pandemic was a natural slowdown from a business perspective, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, a, volume perspective. And with that, instead of becoming impatient, which is my natural instinct, I, I guess my crisis mode kind of kicked in gear. And I just realized to reprioritize and make sure that our team and my colleagues were all okay from a health perspective, from a mental health perspective. And by reprioritizing that, it's really shifted my mentality that I can be patient and successful I think my team has really appreciated this about me. So in short, I think that learning that I can be patient and successful has made me a much better leader. I love it. That's a great thing to learn. Thanks for sharing that, Annie. And with that being said, is there any advice that you've leaned on throughout your career, not just over the last two years, but throughout your career that's really made you a better leader and that you could pass along to our listeners, our HR leaders who could benefit from that, really paying it forward? Yes. I think the piece of advice that I have utilized throughout my career is pretty much the golden rule, which is treat others the way you want to be treated. When people are working with someone like myself, a headhunter, they're making giant changes, not only in their careers, but in their lives. And change is scary. And I believe it's true of anyone that's in the HR profession as well, who may be hiring or firing someone. There are so many elements of emotion that are at play here that to me and a lot of what Cardea is built on is providing the feedback, responding to the email, closing the loop, doing the courteous thing. I think it speaks volumes about who you are as a professional. I think it pays, pays itself forward and people appreciate it. Like my, my world is too small and feedback has come back to me so many times and the core of where this feedback 
resonates with me the most is having worked through the financial crisis. And when in 2007, 2008, the exact opposite market is what we were working in, which is where there are so few jobs and so many candidates and candidates would reach out and these job seekers would reach out. Can you help me? Can you help me? And I would just respond to say, I'm really sorry. I just don't work in your field or I'm really sorry. I just don't have any opportunities for you. And they would thank me. I would get long, heartfelt messages just to say, thank you for responding to me. You're the first person that's responded to me in months. And it broke my heart because you just think about who who's on the other end of that. So I just believe that providing the feedback and responding to people and giving them do unto others as you want them to do to you if you were in their seat is so, so important in any realm of life, but specifically as, as a recruiter in the HR field. I love it. That's great advice. And again, we're in the field of people operations at its core, right? So treat people well. Yes. Yes. That's it. I think my last piece of advice to the people that are listening is that as a headhunter, we have varying reputations based on who you speak to. Some people love us and some people hate us. One thing I wish I could tell the world is that Every day when we sit down at our desks, we have a list of anywhere between, let's just call it 30 to 55 people we want to call that day. So if you're getting a call from someone, you have been one of 50 people that I have actually specifically designated part of my day to calling. There's a reason. So just listen. We're not all bad. And it might just be information that we're sharing. We're not always trying to sell you something. Sometimes we're just trying to learn and help you make the next steps. But I've helped countless people, not necessarily in finding the next job, but in negotiating their current compensation, in meeting somebody else in the industry or meeting people outside of the industry because they no longer want to be in it. So just know that recruiters can really be your ally. They don't have to be your, this person that you fear is going to just sell you something. There are some really, really talented, remarkable people in our field and Again, when we pick up that phone and make that call to you, we only have so many minutes in a day. It should feel kind of special that we've, we've selected you that day. There's, there's a good reason why. Right. And even if the opportunity isn't the right fit, you see plenty of opportunities in your career. So it would only benefit anybody on, on either side to really have a good relationship. It helps you. It helps them. Absolutely. And we're quite nice. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> All right. So... Andy, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience? Anything you're excited about coming up for either Cardea Group or you personally that you'd like to plug? We're about to launch a new website. I'm really hoping that happens in the next month or so. So we'll make sure that we give you the web address that you can post it along with hopefully a really engaging and insightful website that will have a lot more resources to job seekers as well as hiring companies. Okay, great. And Cardea Group is available on LinkedIn? Yes. Instagram. Facebook, and LinkedIn for sure. Okay, great. So if any of our listeners out there do want to learn more about Cardea Group, you can certainly find them online. We'll, we'll post links out to their website, but then also, again, easily found on LinkedIn and all major social media platforms. So Annie Colabella, executive recruiter and principal for the Cardea Group. Before we wrap here today, I'll close on one last question. And I like to learn just what really motivates people, what really gets them started. So when you wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor, what's the first thing that gets you motivated? I knew you were going to ask me this question because it's at the end of all of your other interviews. Did your homework. Well done. I like it. I'm motivated by keeping my life on the track it's at. Like I love my life. I love what I do. I want to continue to foster the relationships I have in the office, with my clients, with my candidates, 
more specifically in my friendship and family circles. I am competitive. I love being the best at what I do. So I want to continue to, every time I wake up and come to the office, I'm here to make the connections, do a darn good job, and hopefully fuel the life that I live outside of the office. Great answer. You handled that one perfectly. (laughs) All right. Well, look, thank you so much for being on the HR Works podcast. Thank you for sharing just so much about recruiting and what we can be excited for going forward and what we can look for in this newest class of talent that's entering the workforce. But again, loved having you on here and we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.